Welcome to The Brave Place, where we journey into the lives of brave men and women who have beat the odds or who are in the trenches right now. Difference makers who have truly discovered the warrior that lives within and are living it out. This is the place that will inspire, encourage, enlighten, and challenge that brave person that lives deep down within all of us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Brave Place. I'm your host, Christy Rodriguez, and we are hanging out again today with an awesome defender of the faith, Mr. Jason Jenkins of Men Sharpening Men. This is part two of my interview with him. So if you missed part one, go check it out. It's so good. We covered all kinds of topics from how God restored his marriage, how he came face to face with himself and fully surrendered to God. We talked about the entrapment of pornography and relationships and the importance of who we surround ourselves with. Lots of wisdom in that short 30 minutes of part one. So go check it out if you haven't already. And so now here we are about to begin part two. Buckle up because this is another jam-packed 30 minutes of solid wisdom. So let's go. Let's do this. Here's Jason Jenkins of Men Sharpening Men. What do you feel is the biggest role of a husband and a father? Hmm. I hate starting the sentence off with um, but there are so many things going through my mind as far as I think of three things specifically. What is a husband supposed to do? And he's supposed to be a lover, a leader, and a provider. Hmm. And a lover in the fact of Jesus said to treat and love your wives like Christ loved the church. I mean, Paul did. And if I'm loving my wife like he loved the church and gave himself up for her, it's like, okay, everything I have is yours. Nothing is mine. It's all ours. And so and then my motives change also in the way I love. Are there strings attached? Mm. Am I I doing things to receive? I mean, did I... Did I mow the yard for lingerie? Did I do the dishes for a, a massage? Did I, you know, what were, and whenever you start your your marriage off and there are strings attached, it's like, you know, that's not what Christ did at all. Mm-hmm. It, it, and that's not loving like Christ did. And so if if I'm doing something for Amanda and saying, hey, it's a gift, you know, here's a gift. It's not a gift. I, I got I got something attached to that. So being the lover like Christ mm-hmm. loved the church and being a leader, how do I love her well to where she honors and respects? And, and the greatest leader is the greatest servant. Mm-hmm. And so you serve and you lead like Jesus did. He washed feet. He fixed eyeballs. He took care of the the poor. He took care of the hungry. He's how can I serve you? Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing in my hunting cabinet or bass boat or anything is more important than you. How can I love you and lead you well? And so it became a the greatest leader is the greatest servant. How can I serve my family? And then you gain a leadership position, if you will, mm-hmm. within your family. Because they come to you and say, okay, how are we doing this? Mm, What about this? That's right. What do you think about this? And a provider, Amanda has made more money than me for the past 12 years, probably. Mm -hmm. Once she started climbing Walmart's ladder, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I I don't even know if I can catch her. But hey, providing Mm -hmm. is not exactly who's going to make the most money. Mm -hmm. I'm going to work and Mm -hmm. I'm going to work hard. You know what I do provide? I provide 
leadership. I provide example in our family and in our home that's more than a deposit in the bank. It's way more than a deposit in the bank. So I'm a lover, leader, and provider first. And my wife is more important than anything in our home. She outranks kids all day. We had kids because Amanda likes kids. I mean, it's like, I can't wait to get them out. And (laughs) And enjoy you, this you woman. You have great kids, by the way. I just want to. I do have great kids, and I love them. I love them when they're gone too. I love to see them, and I love to hang out with them. But hey, I want them to leave and go make a living, and love and be leave legacies, and to do all those things, and to make kingdom differences is what I want them to do, and to send us on vacation every once in a while. That would be freaking awesome. <laughs> But as the lover and the leader and the provider of our home, man, I I want to honor well and serve well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the answer I've come up with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and as far as, as a father, what would you say a, a man's key role as just a father? What does well, that look like? You know, there's a lot of single dads on here pro- listening and single moms. and But like you said earlier, when... I heard Lou Holtz say the greatest thing a man can do is ever, ever is love their their kid's mom, Mm -hmm. to love their mom well. And divorce happens and it happens in half of marriages, maybe more now, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to love them. So my daughter in that, she watches me love her mom. So she gets an image of what to expect in a man and she sets her standards by my standards. Mm -hmm the standard I have set. (laughs) And so she says, okay, this is acceptable. This is not acceptable. This is acceptable because whenever I have a high, high standard and I set a high standard, my daughter watches me and she sees that's what I should expect in a man. That's right. When my standard is low, I'm addicted to pornography and I'm alcoholic, but I'm honest. Well, then she just looks for an honest guy and she accepts alcohol and pornography saying, "Okay, I guess that's okay. Here's the standard. I guess that's all right. And then that's why you see young girls go to abusive relationships or get with a pimp or get with a somebody that's going to tell it. Why? Because their standard is so my son also. He learns by me how to treat a woman, how to treat his mom, how to love, how to be an encourager, how to be honest, how to cry, how to work, how to string a weed eater, how to all of those little things. Where does he learn? He learns from his father. Men as a father role, Mm -hmm. you are setting the next generational standard. In your home, not your youth pastor, not the pastor, not your coach, not anybody else setting the standard. You set it at home. It's your fault. It's your responsibility. Jesus never walked around saying, it's not my fault. Mm. It's not my responsibility. Real men take real responsibility and they say, you know what? It's my fault if it doesn't work out. And it's my fault and my responsibility to be the man that my son looks up to, to say, that's the model. That's the that is the standard that I should have. And my daughter does also. And my son, if I treat my wife bad in a way that's unhealthy, he'll learn that and say, that's I guess that's just how you treat women. Right. And so those are the standards I keep as a father. Mm -hmm. Man, that's so good. Um, the, The influence of the man in the home. You know, I heard a pastor say, if you win the man speaking, if you win the man for Jesus, then you win the family. Um, and, and there are statistics talking about if you have a, a single mom taking her son to church every 
Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then you have mm-hmm. a single dad taking his son to church every Sunday. It's 80 something percent more likely for the son to continue going mm-hmm. and having a relationship with God. And it's like 15 or 20 percent mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. woman, even though she's showing up every Sunday. Like mm-hmm. the, the influence of the man is is overwhelming. Um, and one thing I read, too, that and, and maybe I heard this in a conversation on a podcast, but you were talking about your daughter, Emma, and how you took her on a date mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to show her that standard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And tell me a little bit about that, because I just really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So she was turning 13, and I called her mom to ask her if I could ask her daughter out on a date. <laughs> and so I called Emma. Mm-hmm. I called her and said, tonight, would you like to go out on a date with me? And she said, yes. I said, well, I will pick you up at seven o'clock. And so I get a limo, I get roses, I get a teddy bear, I get all these kind of candies, I reserve a spot at a restaurant, I have all of that sitting at the restaurant, I pick her up, I hold her hand, I open the door for I mean, everything you would think. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the night, we go and we have a great time, but at the end of the night, I tell her, this is the standard. Mm-hmm. Anything less is unacceptable. There, no one should ever say, get your own door. They should never sit in the parking lot honking at you. They should never be trying to touch you. I, I even went through that. I said, notice I'm not touching you. Mm-hmm. Notice no one should ever get in a vehicle or go to a day and they're all over you, touching you, wanting to be mm-hmm. all over your body. That's not happening. Here's the standard. And then at the at the end of the night, Amanda and I gave her a ring, mm-hmm. just a purity ring saying, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to save myself mm-hmm. for my husband. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give myself only to my husband. Mm-hmm. And bless his heart, she wouldn't even kiss him until they got engaged. I mean, she, they, my, Emma finally recently got engaged. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, here's my standard. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm looking in a hus- for in a husband. This guy meets it, but here's the rules. Here's right. what I'm. And so. Wow. Wow. It was a beautiful moment to see it transitioned into reality. Right. You know, those those seeds that you were sowing, the fruit of that is showing up. And that, that yeah. man, that's so powerful. And again, the influence of the father. So powerful. It's crucial. And, it, and it does. It affects generations after generations. One thing that I believe you're really good at, you have this ability to call out men in a way that is full of grace and compassion, hmm. um, but it's also very straightforward and bold. And and you're calling them out on their shortcomings or what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's really incredible to see because where you would think they would be like, heck no, dude, I don't want anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. There's this engagement where they are like, I want what he's saying and doing, and he's not offending me. In fact, I want, I'm being challenged and I want to step up to that. Mm. So what, how do you do that? Like what's, how are you walking this fine line of you're calling them out and they're, they're running towards you? No one relates to anyone for a season of time that when they don't realize, or if they don't realize that they love you. Mm, and so good. when some when I'm sitting with someone and they know I love them, <laughs> they know my my intentions are not a check. <laughs> it's not their wife. It's not some post on social media. <laughs> they know I love them and care about them. It, they listen and they're like, man, I, I don't even know how to take this, but thank you. 
Thank you for sharing that with me. And it's Ephesians 2. It's, it's referring back to we were all by nature objects of wrath. So whenever the word uses words like all, that's, I mean, that is not an IQ test. It's all. Mm-hmm. All means all. Mm-hmm. It's not, well, as some of us, we all were separated from God and needed a, needed mm-hmm. a Savior. Mm-hmm. I'm stupid just as you are. Different seasons. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what I went through. Mm-hmm. I, and so it's sharing the story of I once was lost mm-hmm. and now I'm found. And how did I get there? Well, my stupid looks different than your stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mean, and so people really, <laughs> a lot of guys really relate. And I meet with all kind of different guys. I mean, I have some that are doctors and some that are digging ditches and some that do elect- electrical work and yeah. some of it. Mean, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I meet people mm-hmm. at gas station. Guy came to mm-hmm. do my home inspection the other day. I'm supposed to meet with him next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And so it's like mm-hmm. the, these guys come along that God puts in my life and I just bring up conversation and they say, you know, I don't, we need to get together mm. just because you're vulnerable. You're yeah. saying, well, then you, you can call them out say, man, that leads to death. I want you to know yeah, what yeah. you're doing. If you think that's healthy, fire along and I'm not walking with you through it because you refuse to whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And so they come around and mm-hmm. they realize that it's not me. Mm-hmm. It's Christ who lives in me. Yeah. And that's the way Jesus mm-hmm. really approached. I mean, Jesus went to the woman at the well and yeah. says, you know, where's your husband? She says, I don't have one. He goes, ah, you're right. You've yeah, had five. five. Yeah. <laughs> You've had five. And the man you're living with right now, you shack up, honey. He's yeah. not your husband. <laughs> and so... Jesus was never beating around the bush. He called mm-hmm. it what it was, mm-hmm. but she knew mm-hmm. he loved him. She right. knew and loved her. He, she knew there was something different about mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And so as you walk with that, mm-hmm. people will receive you well. Mm-hmm. No, I appreciate that. And, and, and one of the things you said there was that, again, we've talked about this, um, was that vulnerability. Mm. Um, you're willing to be vulnerable and put yourself out there. And that breaks down walls in people mm-hmm. when they hear your vulnerable heart. You know, you can't help but say, "Hey, this this guy isn't about appearing a certain way. He he really is about my mm-hmm. best interests." Mm-hmm. I mean, that that vulnerability to me is just one of the biggest keys in relationships. And and I think you just you really have that down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. what draws men to you and willing mm-hmm. to listen to you. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. What would you say are the biggest obstacles today just facing men? Yeah. So identity and who you are and knowing who you are is huge. Why you're created, what you're here for, what your purpose is. And when I don't know that, I will search the earth Mm. to find out who I am. And so my flesh comes into play I'll cut the shirt sleeves off of my shirt. I'll put loud mufflers on my trial, hang deer on the wall. We have these images of what we think a man is. Mm. Is it the guy with the, the with the big beard and he drives the big jacked up truck? There's one image of a man. Okay. Is it the guy that drives the Prius and he shaves his face and he rolls his pants up and he's got on the, the half shoes, the little half shoe thing? Yeah. What is a man? Yeah, well, yeah, then yeah. you have the gothic guy who's right. all black and black hair. Bank account. How, how much am I making? What, what kind of life am I supposed to be living? And so when you get wrapped up in that. Man, you're 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 doomed because it's never ending. 
Right. There's no it's end. never enough. The, oh, there's never enough. Even ask a coach. I did fundraising with high school athletics for 17 years. So I worked with a lot of coaches and a lot of kids. And I see a lot of divorces and a lot of broken mm-hmm. homes from coaches. Mm-hmm. And what are they doing? They're showing up at 6 and they're leaving at 9 or 10 mm-hmm. p.m. Right. But all day, foot, well, it's just football season. Yeah. And your wife is leaving you. And it happens all the time. Well, what happened to men? We get this image of what I'm supposed to be and what it looks like through the world's view, mm-hmm. and we chase it. Mm. And and everything is at cost. Mm. Everything is at cost. Yeah. What I have heard and is that men get their self-esteem in their work. And so it's, it's about proving um, who you are as a man through your job. That's right. And, and unfortunately, that has taken a toll on men. I see them on the other side where they're very successful. They drive ex- very expensive cars and have two or three. Their home is gigantic, and they're meeting with me crying because their family's falling apart. Mm. And it, they're empty. I went to a place here locally in Bentonville, and people, mainly men, but they can buy a locker in this place of business. Okay, fifteen hundred dollars a year. They will drop fifteen hundred dollars cash, and it's a place that will hold your liquor, and they can just go and sit on couches and spend time together. Fifteen hundred dollars. And so, why are they doing this? They need a getaway from the hell that America has painted. That this is what it's supposed to be like. Okay, now I'm here at what it's supposed to be like, and I'm freaking miserable, and I got to go sit with Harold in a in a pool hall. I mean, it's just so broken. And and I don't mean to laugh, but I'm just, it's not a funny ha-ha. It's Mm -hmm. a, golly, we miss it. Christ said, I'm the prototype. Mm. I'm the, here's what a man looks like. Here's how you love. Here's how you care for people. Here's how you share. Here's how you take care of the wounded. Here's what you live your life doing. Follow me. Mm. Follow me. And you'll learn what I do and what I am and who I am and how to do this manhood stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, where do I get my joy? Where do I get my name? And so it's that moment when you fall in love with God. Because people that fall in love with Christ never fall, never leave Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this, because there are going to be people listening. They're like, you know what? I I see what you're saying. But how do you fall in love with God? Because to get to that mindset of fully surrendered to God, where you're living for God, which is what brings that heart change, um, where you're taking yourself out of it, they're probably going, I want to love God like that. I want to fall in love with God like that. I want to see myself the way God sees me and how he loves me. But how do you get to that? Because that it truly is a heart shift. And so what what are your thoughts on that? One of the greatest things that people can do is in mentoring and mentorship. When I go to church on Sundays, back whenever we used to go to church on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before I, my, COVID, pre-COVID. That's right. My goal was to, when I, I, I want to find someone that runs faster than me. And I want to run with someone that I'm chasing because they are a model figure that, okay, this is how you do this. This is what this looks like. I'm never going to figure it out on my own. I can want to all I want for for the rest of my life. But until I say, I've got to spend time with you. I've got to find somebody that has done this. They're a father. They're a husband. Show me how you did this. You know, the word discipleship, I mean, it's it's literally the dust of the rabbi. I mean, it's literally following in the back whenever those guys would follow a rabbi. They did it for life. 
Mm-hmm. Every day they were with him and they saw. So when I spend time with guys and they're like, man, OK, show me what you do, how you do this. Well, I can't sit here for an hour and tell you what I do and how I do it. Let's go to Home Depot. <laughs> Let's go to a restaurant. You're going to Tulsa. Call me. Let's mm-hmm. go together. Mm-hmm. Let's spend time together. You'll see mm-hmm. how I treat waitresses. You'll see how I treat my wife. You'll see how I forgive. You'll see how I whatever I'm doing in life. It's life together. It's life on life. So a man that says, I really want to. OK, if you really want to. Then Jesus said, well, pick up your cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. Deny yourself. Mm-hmm. Say, I want this. Okay, well, if I really want this, this is what it takes. Mm -hmm. Drop everything and let's go get it. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. What would you say about as far as the caution of, I mean, some people may choose someone to follow, to hang out with. And it turns out that person is not the best person to follow. How How do you discern who the right person is to follow? How do I discern? So as a as a leader, whenever I look for people that I want to spend time with, that I want to walk with, and they say, okay, could you help me out? I look for a fat guy, faithful, available, and teachable. Is he a faithful? <laughs> I love that. Is he a faithful? Is he going to show up? Is he available? Hey, call, they're texting back. They're calling back. They're, they're on the, I mean, and then they're teachable. They're like, man, I, I don't have all this figured out. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how I... I meet with guys, but if I'm someone looking for someone that I want to spend time with, that I want to do life with, there's not, there's not a whole lot. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It doesn't take but a lunch sometimes to find out, "Eh, I don't, I don't know if this is going to work. Just because we're part of the body of Christ doesn't mean that I have to hang out with everybody who's a part of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. My elbow does not get along with the middle of my back. Mm -hmm. Same body, they don't get Mm -hmm. along. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm looking for someone, I'm going to find a track record. Mm -hmm. I'm going to meet with other people that say, hey, no, I'm I mean, it's an interview process. Mm -hmm. It's if I'm really wanting to follow someone and spend Mm -hmm. time, these people are fixing to invest in me. Mm -hmm. Man, I'm I'm taking the time to find that right Mm -hmm. guy. That's right. Well, and and one thing, you know, I've just found for me that's been so helpful is, you know, one I've got two or three girls in particular that I mean, I have to say out loud to them if if I can be completely honest and and say, "Look, I'm feeling this way and I know it's not probably healthy. Um, can you just give me some truth over this? And they always go back to the word on mm-hmm. it. Well, let's let's see what God says about it, Christy. And yeah. I'm like, praise God, someone yeah. keeps directing me back to the word. And um, I know for me, that's just been such a huge, huge thing as far as my personal growth mm-hmm. um, is having people around me like that. Something I read on the website, it says, we are looking for men who desire to not settle for a less than life. These are real men walking with a real God in a real world, men who are not ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, men who are willing to lock shields with other men as they seek to fight the good fight and advance the kingdom of God while they still have breath. Men who are willing to lead and say, watch me, do what I do as I seek to follow, obey, and reproduce Christ to those around me as well as impact the world for the cause of Christ. So that is, I mean, essentially the mission statement of men sharpening men. Mm -hmm. And it's about building disciples and it's sharpening men. And I just love everything about it. And so if there's anybody that wants to be a part of that, Mm -hmm. um, what could they do? 
give me a call, reach out to on social media, you know, private message. Also their website, mensharpeningmen.com. We we do kind of screen you to find out if you're fat, if you're faithful, available and teachable. Yeah. And it's Paul saying in uh, 2 Timothy 2, 2, when he writes the book, he's like, hey, um, the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses mm-hmm. entrust to reliable men. Who will go and teach also? So it's the I'm looking for a reliable guy that we use a phrase that we don't want to carve into rotten wood. Mm. And so it's like, I don't want to take a guy who's not trying. He's not working. He's not trying to get this. He doesn't care. He's not showing up. He's not. I'm not going to chase you. Right. Jesus never chased anybody. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, deny yourself. Pick up, come follow me. This is what we're doing. And I'll say this, too. You know, you've got this standard. To some men, that might sound a little intimidating. It's like, I, I don't know if I want to do that. But one thing I want to reiterate about this ministry is that it is about coming as you are. No one has it together. And you guys are just so grace-filled, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, it yes. doesn't matter your past. If you're having affairs, if you're involved in pornography, if, if you're in addiction of any kind, it's like, y'all are saying, if you want it, we are here for That's you. Right. And That's we right. want to walk, walk alongside you. That's right. I want to walk with you and do life with you and help you in the journey. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says that we're ambassadors. We're representatives of the king, of the kingdom. (laughs) And Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. You're the city on a hill. Mm -hmm. You're what people are supposed Mm -hmm. to look at and say, that's it. That's what I want. Well, I want to be that. I want to be what I'm called to be Mm -hmm. to whoever it is. Mm -hmm. And we meet you where you are. Mm -hmm. Some people have been sitting on a pew for 40 years and they come in, they're like, man, I've, I don't even know how to share the gospel with anybody. Mm-hmm. I've never, okay, let's do that. Mm-hmm. And some people say, well, what's this? Who's Adam and Eve? I've never heard of Moses. Let's go. Right. Let's walk. Okay. Right. And so it's a journey. Jesus mm-hmm. met people where they were mm-hmm. and he said, let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, Jason, thank you for taking the time to hang out here at The Brave Place. It's It's been an honor to have you. I, I just really enjoy the conversation and, and what you're doing in the community and, and beyond. It goes beyond just Northwest Arkansas, where we are. God bless you, and I hope that you come back again to see us. Thank you so much. I love it. Well, this concludes this episode of The Brave Place. Please stick around. I'm going to share with you a brave word and brave challenge. And if you like listening to The Brave Place, please subscribe, rate us, comment on The Brave Place in whatever podcast app you use. We would just really appreciate it. And now for the final brave word. First of all, this whole conversation with Jason, part one and part two, was obviously just loaded with so much truth that I don't even know where to begin. And it's hard to summarize all of the different topics we covered like I typically do. Um, but one thing I have really loved throughout this conversation is his honesty throughout and just the repeated theme of how desperately we need Jesus to be the center of our lives. Out of that, everything else flows. Three words that stand out to me that we've heard in this conversation, surrender, vulnerability, and intimacy. Um, You can't have one without the other. Surrender requires vulnerability and vulnerability produces intimacy. And you can't have intimacy without surrender or vulnerability. 
And they're all intertwined in this beautiful dance that God is asking each of us to be a part of, a dance that is necessary if we are to experience the joy that he has for us in this life. Is it risky? It it feels a little risky. Is it worth it? A hundred percent. Yes, it's worth it. Jesus says in Matthew 16, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. This whole verse is about surrender, vulnerability, and just what it takes to experience intimacy with the Father. And yes, those are scary words to some people, especially if you've been hurt before. It means sacrificing your fleshly wants or your need to protect yourself for someone you're not fully sure will come through. So what if you play it safe and you don't risk it? Well, that verse says you'll lose your life. In other words, you won't experience the fullness of what God has for you on this earth, nor will you experience eternity with him. The next verse in that chapter says, what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? What can a man exchange for his soul? That's a pretty heavy statement and definitely Don't get me wrong. That is a stark dose of reality of what's really at stake here. But do you see the grace in it? Jesus is giving us the roadmap to a fruitful life with him. And yes, he's being super real about it. But when my eternity is on the line and at stake, I need him to be honest, direct and real with me. No blurred lines, no playing games. Shoot it to me straight. And that's what he's doing here and throughout his word, because he loves us so much. And to be honest, I'm the same way with my own son. When it comes to serious matters, I'm super straightforward and direct because I love him so much. I want to say yes. I did say yes. I'm a living testimony to you today. A girl who played it safe for a long time, chased after the selfish pleasures of this world, um, only to come up empty. In fact, it was an enslaved life full of selfishness and addiction and the sorrow that came with all of that. And and finally, one day I said, no more. I'm surrendering to you, Jesus. My life is yours. I've tried it my way long enough and it is not working. I'm picking up my cross and I'm following you. Today, my life is imperfect by any means. But I can certainly tell you it's not dull and it's not ineffective. And I have a peace and assurance like never before. I am sober. I have friendships that are deep and rich and beautiful. You know that song, he walks with me, he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. I really experienced that here on earth now. I didn't know that was truly a possibility. I thought it was just a song that made you feel good. So my challenge for you today is this. I challenge you to get honest with yourself. Surrender, be vulnerable, and begin an intimate relationship with our Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Pick up your cross and follow Him. He loves you so much. And if you already know Jesus, then ask Him to search your heart and see if there is any offensive way within you and to lead you in the way everlasting. Let's live for Him. Newsflash, that that is why we're here. Amen. 
Well, that's it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for your time and hanging with us. Next time, you don't want to miss it. We're going to be hanging with Susie Eller. She's an author, speaker. She's the co-host of More Than Small Talk podcast, which is also a part of the KLRC podcast network, which is what the Brave Place, what we are a part of. Um, She's going to share with us just the key components of creating a joy-filled life from her latest book, Joy Keeper. If you need some joy in your life, this is the podcast for you. And I don't know anyone who wouldn't want more joy in their life. And you're going to love Susie. Um, You probably already know who she is, but she's just a delight and she's a dear friend. And I think that's the first time I've used the word delight in a true sentence, but have a good rest of your week and I'll catch you next time. And until then, have a brave day. Thanks for listening to The Brave Place part of the KLRC Podcast Network.